As followers of Christ, we are all given the privilege to be able to meet each and every day with the creator of the universe. We have a good, good father who wants to express each day and reveal to us his nature, his nature of love. It's in the inner room of prayer where we're able to be heart to heart with the Lord. It's a place where we are praying that God would direct our ways. Praise God. <laughs> Being a recovered perfectionist, I'm not bothered at all by that. <laughs> I so often ask, as I'm in prayer, for the Lord to teach me how to pray, and also to ask the Holy Spirit to empower me, to lead me into clarity so I know what he is trying to do. All of us find ourselves in certain situations and often we find ourselves in spiritual warfare and we begin to understand that we are in a fight. We're in a fight regarding our freedom, concerning our future, regarding moral purity for our families, our marriages, our children, and our homes. But we have the assurance that we are able to overcome every opposing force that would be placed in front of us by the enemy. We want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning and read verse, uh, beginning with verse number three. And if you're here, just say amen. amen. <laughs> verse three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish, say that word, demolish strongholds. Verse five, let's read together. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, we realize that there are two worlds. There's the world that is the natural world that we are able to touch and see, and we are a part of life in the material world. But the Bible also talks about a spiritual world where there are opposing powers, where the kingdom of God is coming to the earth and the kingdom of darkness is trying to devour every person on the earth. We know in chapter six of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, he speaks here that we uh, take a stand against the schemes of the devil. And in verse 12, he says, we are not fighting flesh and blood. Our battle is not in the natural realm, but we are fighting against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in these heavenly places. So the enemy has this hierarchy 
of these invisible forces that are working in concert with the devil to destroy every single person on the earth. And here he says in verse number three that we wage war. We are in a battle against everything that the enemy would place in our lives. While often we are loath to even mention the word in a public meeting like this, often Jesus referred to these evil powers that roam about as demons. And they come as a part of this invisible, this invisible battle that is underway, this spirit war. And here, specifically, the apostle talks about the arguments in verse number five and every pretension. Another translation talks about the imaginations and high things. What he is talking about are these thoughts or speculation and lofty things that are put in our minds. They are arguments, they are philosophies, they are ideas, and they come, first of all, to our minds. And they are in opposition of what God says. We're reminded in John chapter 8, verse 44, that the Bible says that the enemy, the devil, has a native language, and his language is one of one lie upon another lie, and his objective is to be able to have a stronghold come into our minds so that now bondage is replaced by freedom and we become bound following one lie after another lie. The devil or the father of lies trying to take us out. But our stance will determine what happens. We fight with weapons that have divine power. We are not without weapons to take him out. We do not, in this battle of life relationally, use what the world uses, which is simply anger, screaming, bitterness, violence, pride, secretness, and cursing to try to resolve what we are dealing with relationally. But we take our stand knowing that we are not the we are not intimidated. We are not backing up as though we are unaware of what he is trying to do. We are the children of God. We have been given the weapons that are able to assail and able to assault every, every lie that comes into our, into our minds, that tries to tell us who we are. And the enemy wants to devour. He prowls around like a roaring lion, prowling, trying to find people, not to injure them, not to hurt them only. His mission is to devour us, devour us so that we are ineffective. We have lost our purpose, and we find ourselves stationary, immobilized, spiritually impotent, beat upon and tossed like a soccer ball and we have to stand up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Our weapons, 
We fight, verse four. We fight, say that, we fight. fight. Say it louder. Say it again. And we fight in the place of prayer. We fight when we pray. And we may not shout. And we may not say a word out loud. But simply walking into our chair, our chair of prayer in the mornings makes the devil nervous and upsets him because he doesn't want us to be around the chair of prayer. He doesn't want us to sit in that chair because when we sit in the chair, we begin to understand above what we're facing that we are loved. His character, God is love. And we can sit there every morning, sit back, cross our legs, get your coffee, And say to yourself, I'm loved. My dog loves me. My cat loves me. I think my wife loves me. I'm loved. Hallelujah. The good, good father. Good, good father. Something happens in the inner inner room of prayer. He's calling us all, whatever age we are, to stand up. And he says, here we fight. And we're not fighting to fight. We're not fighting because we just want to fight. We are fighting to win. We're fighting for our generation. We are fighting for our families. We are fighting for our church. We are fighting for the nation, and we will not be backed up. Now, we cannot, however, give up, but we also must understand we do not fight alone. We fight together. And that's why in our church we have community all over, the, all over this city, because we know that we need each other. And we have to consistently, in our small groups, make the prayer one of the biggest things. Not only the pizza, but also the prayer. Because when we pray together and we begin to open up and share what the enemy's trying to do in our lives, there's power in that house in prayer when we pray together more than one. Many of us know that the name of Jesus is our primary weapon that we use. The name of Jesus. Nelson Taranzo heads up our redemption prison ministry and has affected literally hundreds and hundreds of prisoners for Christ. Nelson was in Santeria, a cult that came out of West Africa that has to do with blood sacrifices the occult, divination, and literally the possession of ancestral spirits. And God set him free. And he said, one of the things about being in this cult is you wear these multicolored beaded necklaces and braces, bracelets. Just recently, he was on a business uh, call, and he had gone to St. Cloud, and there was a couple that had built a new home, and he was there to work with them and sell a product, and they were haggling on price. And as he was standing there, he noticed that both of them had this voodoo necklace and bracelet on. And he was trying to think, well, should I really talk about this? And then he felt impressed by the Lord in that we are the light of the world, that he should say something. And he said, you know, I noticed you're wearing this bracelet, this necklace. And he said, I used to be a high priest uh, in this cult. 
And they said, well, how did you get out of Santeria? And he said, well, I got out by the power of God and by using the name of Jesus. And then he pointed to the husband. He said, now, you're the leader of your family, and you have to break this lie and curse over your family, or this will go down to generations. And so the husband all of a sudden turned to the side and ripped off that voodoo deal. And uh, they prayed in the name of Jesus, and he was set free. Hallelujah. And then he went out getting ready to leave, and, and the wife was in the garage there, and so he looked at her, and they started a conversation, and she said, I know I shouldn't have been into this. And Nelson said, well, rip that, rip that, that necklace off. Take that off. And she's sobbing, and so she did the same thing. She took off that that stronghold and we can wear things on us that are not of God and become bondage to us. Right there in the garage, he's using the name of Jesus. I mean, no, you can use the name of Jesus in the garage or on your Harley or wherever you are. And then he was getting ready to leave and then he had this strong impression that she had some kind of a power of suicide. And he turned around and he said, and I break that spirit of suicide. And she was sobbing. She said, my husband has not known, but I've been thinking about killing myself. And again, he used a weapon and the name of Jesus set her free. Yeah. Hallelujah. God uses what we've been through for the benefit of other people so that not only do we get free, we become a person that helps others get set free from what the enemy is trying to do in their lives. Now, we not only have the weapon of the name of Jesus, we also have the blood of Jesus. It seems a little unusual in our Western culture that there could be power in the blood of Jesus. But the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, that we were redeemed not with silver and gold, but we are redeemed, this is good, by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The blood that was shed on the cross made it possible for us to be free and protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that they triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And when we use our weapons of the word of God, of the name of Jesus, we do it in faith and the blood of Jesus that we can say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I bind you in the name of Jesus. And sometimes when I have been in the hardest times of my life, the only thing that got me out was the people around me <clears throat> and my access to the name of Jesus. I have gone to bed at night many years ago, and I would say over and over again, <clears throat> the blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. The blood of Jesus is against you, and you may be in this meeting this morning, and you are in the crisis of your life, and every enemy and every foe has attacked not your hand, but your head has attacked your thoughts, and he's trying to put a stronghold in your mind 
so that you will be held captive by him. But today we are here in this service in Orlando and we're not here simply to talk about something. We're here to expose what the enemy is doing so we can take him out and get him out of our houses and out of our minds. Here's how he works. In life, we have choices. We make decisions. However, there comes a point where something begins to happen in, in the spiritual world in our lives. The enemy likes to start young with young people. Here's a teenager, and the teenager is with a few friends, let's say 15, 16 years old, and they're watching porn. And as a believer, a young person, perhaps in the mix, backs up, and they say, what, is there something weird about you? And so the intimidation begins. And then on one night, that young person has a choice and looks at porn for a couple minutes. And then once again makes a choice and then once again makes a choice, and by the way, the median age of introduction to pornography is 11. 90% of every young person in this nation has been exposed to porn by age 18. There are 28,000 every second on a porn site, and there are 40 million people on porn. So the enemy knows that we have choices, but you see, choices don't stay as choices because soon the enemy goes from choices to habits, and then habits become strongholds, and then strongholds become chains, and then the enemy very carefully puts the chain on us and binds us, and while you think you have a choice, the enemy starts to tell you what you're going to do and where you're going, and you try again to make a choice and you think you're in control, and he yanks you back and says, you are now under my control. I now control your decisions. And what has happened is, without even knowing what is happening, suddenly the enemy has come in, and in our minds, the enemy has established a stronghold, and the strongholds are bondages, and when you are in bondage, Nothing is worse than bondage. To some, it's a thought of fear. Well, maybe, maybe my, my, my future, maybe, maybe I'm going to be sick next month and have cancer like my mother did. Or maybe, maybe my son that's on drugs, he's going to overdose. And the enemy gives us all these lofty thoughts in our minds until there's a stronghold of, of fear that's in our minds. And the enemy tried to get out, Caleb, you're not going to do it. I'm stronger than you are. <laughs> Don't even try. Don't even try. Then you're a young person, and someone says, take a jewel 
not a joint, J-U-U-L. It's the latest thing. Any young people know about that? Any young people here know about that? Okay, one hand over there. Okay, you take a joint, and the enemy controls, and the enemy controls. What's a stronghold trying to hold you back? Well, our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and you can break free. Come on, give Caleb a nice thank you. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 We are here to declare today that we are not going to be incarcerated by the enemy. Some time ago, the enemy started to work on me and intimidate me. Try to do all kinds of things in my mind about intimidation. I'd see somebody doing something, and the enemy would actually work on my mind. And one day I woke up and I decided, listen, Satan, you're not intimidating me. I'm intimidating you, and I'm backing you off of my life, and you're never going to do that again in the name of Jesus. I bind your power in the name of Jesus. And our declaration today in this room, in this service, is that we have the right to be free. That Jesus came, and the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 418, it says that he came to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner, the recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. The oppressed is this spirit this stronghold that has been established in any area of our life. And Jesus says, I've come to set you free from that. And sometimes you have to resist the spirit. Other times it's a temptation. We crucify our flesh and we simply put it aside. There are other times you're not dealing with that. You're dealing with a spirit. Our biggest thing that we're facing in this nation is the spirit of fear and the spirit of division. There's division in this nation, and the purpose is to take it out. And I believe there's division that's coming into our families, that you're always fighting over where did you put the iron, or where did the diapers go, or where did this go, or anything. The purpose is not the diaper location. The purpose is he doesn't want us to live together in unity. And we are here breaking it down. We're not losing our unity in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to praise the Lord. Jesus is the chain breaker. He's the chain breaker. And I'm believing that not one person leaves here today in chains. And when the Bible says here that we have to take captive every thought, we have to do it every day. Now, when the negative thoughts begin, and they don't begin until you get up in the morning, they begin to say all the negative things. Begin to say what you don't have. Begin to get frustrated over the diapers. Somebody have a battle with the diapers this morning? Anyway, <laughs> you have to say, now, wait a minute. I'm heading for my chair of prayer and I'm going to praise the Lord this morning. Come hell or high water, I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to praise God. And I'm going to get into my chair in the inner room of prayer. And I'm going to take authority. I'm going to begin to pray for my wife, begin to pray for my children, begin to pray for those that are in my life. And we're going to have a revolution of freedom in this church. The spirits of religion are leaving out the back door right now. We're not religious. We don't want to be religious. 
We want to be right in a relationship with Christ, free. Bible says, if the Son set you free, you are really free. Hallelujah. If the Son set you free, you are truly free. You're here today. You're acting like life is over. You haven't smiled since Nixon was president. <laughs> you need to start smiling. You need to smile. Decide to be happy. No matter what happened to the diapers, you're gonna to begin to be happy. Somebody's having a diaper deal. I don't know who that is, but praise God. Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. 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 Name of Jesus. To break every chain. 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 I, I come against every spirit in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain. Say it. To break every chain. Hallelujah. Stand up. Stand up. No one leave. Come on. Let's, let's break some chains around here. Let's break some chains. Come on. Let's hit it louder. Let's hit it. Sing it. Break it. 
pastors and our team, prayer team, I felt like the Lord really directed us at the nine o'clock service to really begin to pray together. And there's something that when we just agree together in the name of Jesus, that the strongholds have to come down. And whatever you're facing, whatever you have, we're going to agree together. We're going to gang up on the devil and we're going to tell him who he is. Yeah. And we're sending him somewhere, I'm not sure, but not here. I want you to be free now. Remember, we have a hospital we run here. As far as I know, I can't see any angels, and there are no angels on the platform, but we are, we are setting a course of freedom. You want to come down here, you just come down. The Holy Spirit from the balcony, just come down here, and we're going to say a short prayer. And we're going to use the name of Jesus. We're not, amen. You come, you come, come for prayer. Come on, hit it again, hit it again. You come, you come. Marriages, come on, let's do it. Let's break it, let's break it, let's break it. Come on, let's do it.
feel feel like uh, feel like uh, the Lord just pointed out three things here that we've been inundated inundated by an unclean spirit, and we can be innocent, but kind of just gets in. And the next big one is rejection. Your husband ran off, or wife ran off with somebody, or whatever, and the. A lot of kids are dealing with rejection, no fathers. And the third one is fear. And I think we need to break all those spirits uh, off uh, our congregation. And even if you have nothing, we're going to fight for each other. And, and I think we should pray this prayer and like you just to pray it out loud and say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the power that is in the blood. We break every unclean spirit. In our family. In our church. In our city. And in the nation. We break the spirit of rejection. In the name of Jesus. We command you to leave. Every person in this church. And we come against fear. We come against fear. We come against fear. The spirit of fear. You will come down. You high thing. Get off of my life. Come out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Begin to praise God. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. give an opportunity when we come to the end of our meeting to allow people that, friends that really need to be forgiven of their sins. And no matter what we've done, how far we've gone down the road of darkness, we know that Christ in all of his love and grace, as we sang this morning, comes after us. He doesn't come judging us, but he with a smile beckons us and says, I have so much more for you than what you think is for you. And he says, if you'll come, I'll forgive you.
If you ask, you'll receive a new life. Just a moment, we want to give an opportunity for some that are here just need to say, Jesus, I need to be forgiven. And I can assure you that he will come to you. Most of us come when we realize how desperately we need him. And Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I'm the life. And he kept pointing people, come on. You don't, you don't have to stay under the clutches and the control of the evil one that holds you in his grasp. You can get out of his discipleship program and you can say, your payoff is not what I want. I want eternal life. I'm gonna count to three if that is you. Don't hesitate. You don't have to feel anything, but you do have to say, Jesus. I'm gonna count to three, and you just put up your hand. One, two, three, put it up. Yes, 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 put it up, put it up, put it up, put it up. Balcony, put it up, put it up, put it up. Say yes to Christ. And we're gonna ask all of you that raised your hand just to walk down the aisle, stand here for a minute. We're gonna have a short prayer. You come, you come right now, no one moving. From the balcony, come all the way down and just stand here and say yes. Come on, from the balcony. Yes, Get out. Get out of the devil's club. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. you all for coming. We're not focusing on how bad you've been, but we're focusing on how good Jesus is, because yes. he, he is good. And I think there, there are a couple others that need to come, and you need to walk down the aisle right now and say yes to Christ, and turn your life over to him. Anyone else needs to come? Those that are online, maybe in another nation, uh, right now, you come and you pray this prayer. I'm going to ask us all to pray this prayer, and Christ is going to change lives. If you didn't come, pray it from where you are and mean it in your heart. Let's say it together out loud. Jesus, Jesus I, put my faith in you I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. You took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he's, alive. and he's alive. I turn from my sin. I, from my sin. 
I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that from your heart. You're in the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 